0: As I said earlier on, uh, François Yordan is my guest and he is our resident fitness guru. And he is going to be talking to us about two types of wellness regimes or fitness regimes. And uh, good evening to you, François. Thanks very much for joining us once again. Good evening. So last week uh, not last week the week before we had Tepo Kame here with us and he is an enth, uh, uh, calisthenics calisthenics correct calisthenics i got it right he did <laughs> calisthenics enthusiast and we were talking about that kind of fitness training that kind of um, wellness training uh, if you want to go back and just give us some background as what calisthenics is
1: it's it's the movement the natural movement of the body it's yeah. it's a sport entailing um, the body in an open, natural environment, uh, how it can move without necessarily having any gym equipment or apparatus to play with. And, uh, and of course, uh, we were
0: talking about the fact that uh, it is a system that is about wanting to be well. It is about wanting to be uh, strong. It was, it's, it's about wanting to get all of the physical fitness attributes, but without necessarily having to be uh, at a gym specifically, right? Correct. It, it's, it's the most natural way the body can move in a sport, so, so we also then went into the discussion around what the sport that is uh, connected to calisthenics is. What was that again? Uh, street workout. A Street workout. Well, we've got Tepo here with us uh, and um, uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's here because uh, we're also going to be talking about bodybuilding and you've got a guest around that. Tell us about
1: that and uh, who is your guest? Uh, my guest tonight is, is actually a friend of mine. Uh, his name is David Dunwoody. He's a bodybuilding enthusiast. He's um, been training for most of uh, his adult life, um, performed different sports, but but really got uh, quite keenly involved into bodybuilding and, and the lifestyle surrounding that.
0: Well, let me greet uh, both our guests. Uh, David, thanks very much. It's the first time you come yep. here. Thank thanks you very much, much for be. joining us. Uh, you're a bodybuilding enthusiast. Tell me what that means and uh, what, what sort of disciplines are we talking about here?
2: So it will be about 2009, um, I actually showed Josh a picture when uh, we went away once and um, I was weighing about 106 kilos, I was about 30% body fat and uh, my dad died at about 46 so I thought time to get fit and um, I joined the local gym and I, and I just fell in love with it. Um, I started uh, losing weight and uh, I saw a couple of guys there that did bodybuilding. And I thought, you know what, let me try this. Um, it's, it's a great discipline. I mean, you really have to learn a lot. And um, so I, I did about four or five years of uh, competition. i got about 25 competitions behind me. Um, my best sort of placing was third in essays. And the rest of it was really just the camaraderie behind it. And if I may, I'd just like to um, send out a, a condolences to Marco Rossi. He's he yes. a legend of bodybuilding. Great uh, South African he, icon yes in the bodybuilding uh, fraternity, right? Yeah, he, he was my coach for a couple of years. Um, great guy. And he, and he did a lot for the sport. Sure.
0: Okay, 11 883 If indeed you are a bodybuilding enthusiast, I have uh, David Dunwoody here with my, with my, uh, as, as, as one of our guests. And uh, we're going to be talking about some of the pros and cons of that kind of uh, fitness discipline. Uh, but of course, uh, Tepo, you're here again. Thanks very much for joining us. And you are the Kallis guy, am I, am I saying it properly? <laughs> yes, sir, and you've got it quite correct. Calif calisthenics. There, see, he just rolls up the tongue. <laughs> I tell you, I've had to practice many, many times. But of course, uh, we were talking about it the other week, and I thought just to balance the discussion, discussion, we'd invite uh, David into the discussion. Just for your, um, just for that discipline. Just take us back again as to what are some of the disciplines? What some of the think? What's some? What is some of the thinking behind what makes calisthenics? Uh, I suppose a growing a growing uh uh, you know trend in the
3: fitness sort of world okay so just going back to um the other week so calisthenics is more of your gym your gymnastic based exercise movements and remember we had kind of got to the point where we realized that calisthenics is actually part of body weight movement where you know you also have your yoga and your calinetics and different types of disciplines so the appeal for calisthenics is that it can be done, as Francois said, um, outside of your traditional gyms and you don't need apparatus strictly to actually do any of the moves or the discipline. So I'm looking at both you guys. I'm looking at
0: David Dunwoody and I'm looking at Tepo Kame. Both you guys are pretty solid guys. you pretty muscular guys. Uh, and maybe let me start with you, David um, how do you get to the place where you are at? I mean, you're a pretty solid guy. Um, and I look at, at, at Tsepo. He's also a pretty solid guy. And both you guys have come to the kinds of, I suppose, body aesthetics that you both have through different means. I'm, I'm going to be talking about that. But how do you get to the place where
2: you're at, Dave? Uh, well, yeah, I must say, I was looking at um, Tsepo, yeah? Tsepo's legs, and, uh, and I can see he does a lot of pistols. Um, so with bodybuilding, diet is really one of the the fundamental pillars. Um, My my training regimen is six days a week. I can train between an hour and a half and two hours. And six days a week. Six days a week. Um, And in in bodybuilding, it's it's about progressive weight training. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to tear the muscle and let it repair. And as it tears and repairs, it will grow bigger. that is why diet and then of course sleep I just said to Josh I'm two hours past my bedtime (laughs) because we we, you know you need sleep to grow so that is that is that is the thing about bodybuilding Um, the discipline is the, the to bodybuilding so
0: you've got to tear your muscles to build them up so that they can become bigger
2: that's correct and so the right. idea is to try and make the muscles become bigger you you want to get bigger so you want to get more blood flow um, and uh, that is why you do the the poundage you've got to add weight so every time you go into the gym you've got to try and add more weight and that f- and that effectively that be- makes your muscles break down. Break down. And, and then
0: you build them up by resting and eating that's the correct. right way. Ba- that's basically the, that is the, the formula.
2: That is correct.
0: All right. What um, is this functional just outside of the other things that you have to do in life? Um, I mean, do, do you do other things other than have to break down your muscles to build them <laughs> up again and sleep and eat a lot? I mean, uh, I, I'm just thinking about the functional aspect of you as a human being in, total, yeah. uh, in totality. Um, uh, how does that work?
2: Yeah. So in, in my experience, and uh, I'm not going to knock any bodybuilding because I love the sport. Um, I took a, a year off bodybuilding and I went and did uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I'll tell you one thing, Aubrey, I felt like I was useless. I was I was not flexible. Um, I got injured so badly and guys 30 kilograms lighter than me would just wait for me because they knew three minutes, all this muscle needs, needs uh, oxygen, I'm going to burn out, which I did. I gassed out very quickly and I got tapped very quickly. So um, Josh and I were talking about it. In, in bodybuilding, you're doing positive reps the whole time. So anything that is negative behind you or up and down you become unless you're doing some type of flexibility you are not you're not functional so that is that is a negativity of bodybuilding franco
0: we've been talking about the whole idea of being functional uh in the way that you train in order for you to be well in order for you to be fit we've been talking about the entry of that kind of paradigm in wellness and fitness training Uh, how does bodybuilding and in the way that uh, david has just uh, uh, described it how does it fit into that paradigm of wanting a more functional uh,
1: all-round wellness sort of fitness and wellness regime i think the industry started with the bodybuilding concept in mind as being the most healthiest based on how people look um, the industry started w- with a bodybuilding picture of this the guy with, with, with huge muscles, but a six-pack and lean. And, and we, we assumed that that could move. That, unfortunately, later we've learned that that's based in the gym environment. Um, the body st- the Calisthenics, the other types of exercises, has been kind of derived based on those original principles. Um, activities of daily life which is what we train for in an, a more complete holistic way, uh, is not fulfilled through bodybuilding, unfortunately. It's limited to um, the range of motion that you apply in the gym using angles and, and weights and pulleys and, and, and progression. Um, whereas outdoor training, for example, in calisthenics or yoga and, and things like that. Pilates. And that Pilates, sort of thing, yeah. everything. It, it uses a much wider range of motion based on certain principles of flexibility and, and then body weight strength. So, so is there, in your opinion, I mean, you're,
0: you're in the industry, you, you train a lot of people for different reasons. Uh, is there a shift, in your opinion, uh, from the bodybuilding, very regimented type of training towards this more holistic, more, um, you know, more holistic uh,
1: way of training? There it, it is, there's a consciousness towards wellness versus just aesthetics, um, but the industry is still based very much on the basics of bodybuilding principles. People are tuning into wellness more through nutrition, so getting away from supplementation and going into more raw food, for example, um, practicing of yoga versus, and doing stretching, for example, um, versus just the static workouts that they're performing in a gym. So there is a consciousness, but, but the majority of people are still living in, in a very um, you know, two-dimensional lifestyle. It's simple, uh, David said that when he looked at your legs and the way that
0: you structured, he could see that you do a lot of pistols. What are pistols?
3: Uh, pistol squats yeah. are single leg okay. single leg squats. Um, so my background is um, I, similar to David. I was also a chubby kid at the age of 15 and I'd actually met Francois when I was 12. Um, he used to work at the local gym in the area. So that is how I entered into the fitness realm. And then I went on to actually compete for Gauteng province, uh, doing weightlifting and powerlifting, um, which is where I developed the larger muscles. Um. And I've just used that kind of training in my, throughout my calisthenics training as well, just to, to cross-functionalize the the, two, the best of both worlds. And okay so you still
0: use some of the principles of training that you got from I suppose the weightlifting uh, disciplines that you got which would be similar to what David was uh, was describing in the bodybuilding sort of system right yeah yes so, so and and that's how you were able to then develop the size of the muscles
3: yeah so i stopped that over 4 years ago um, so, with the single leg squat, I mean, it's a body weight squat that you just do on a single leg. But it is those kinds of flexibility, uh, flexible movements which allow me to actually be more flexible and to gain the strength in doing that. Do you find that you have the
0: strength, you have the flexibility, and therefore the functionality, the more natural functionality that um, one needs for everyday life uh, that perhaps
3: somebody like Dave? didn't or doesn't have when you are involved in bodybuilding? Um, I would say now I do because I've made a conscious and concerted effort to actually become more flexible. Um, I've also had to overcome some injuries that I've picked up from sporting um, in my life. And also just the, the move to becoming more functional in an everyday setup was more appealing for me. So I've, I've been the whole very stocky, very thick, you know, big jeans tight um, big shirts but that was then now I'm almost in my 30s and my priorities are now different
0: did, did you do you feel like it is uh, a, a a mind shift as you mature as an individual as a human being
3: yes it is um also also the reason for gaining the muscles and that that kind of aesthetic appeal for me it was a very emotional um decision because I used to be fat I used to be the shortest in class so it was more to be um, how, how am I appealing to the opposite sex? How, how would women see me? Um, if I don't have the height or the eyes or the hair, maybe I can work on my body. And that is how it became. And psychologically, I had to get over a couple of things because once you, you get to that point where you are the muscular kid, you're still the fat kid inside a muscular body. Wow. 11
0: 883 or Please give us a call. You're hearing from two, I suppose, reference points. David Dunwoody, a, a bodybuilder who is also going through a reformative process in his own thinking about the way that he uh, goes to gym and trains. I'm listening to Tsepo, um, Dave, and uh, you're an older guy than Tsepo. Uh, and you listen to the way that he uh, explains or describes the psychological process that he's had to go through from, I suppose, going after the aesthetic appeal that came from the kind of gym that you do, did, uh, that is uh, really focused on building muscles. Uh, that is not necessarily concerned with the day-to-day normal natural functions of the body. Uh, And I'm just listening to the way that he reasons now in terms of, but he still looks very good, very, yeah. yeah? Uh, What do you say to that? How do you, what do you?
2: Well, I've got a lot of friends that that, that do CrossFit and they do um, body weight training. So I, I know from my experience now, um the other day i was doing uh leg press so you know i i, I can do over 500 kilos um, 500 kilograms yeah but my friend my, my training partner was standing behind me and although i can't feel pain he, he could hear my knees crunching away so you know i've started to re-look at what i'm doing because i'm 43 now and um you know i don't want to have to have knee replacements and uh, that type of stuff um the other side there, there is definitely is a dark side to bodybuilding, and um, all bodybuilders that are out there, you know this. Um, we we call it the uh, the post competition depression. You've got this goal that you're gunning for, sometimes for twenty weeks, and um, then you you finish it, you achieve it, and then there's this void.
0: But is that not true for all sport, sporting disciplines, people that want to run the the Comrades Marathon, people that want to do the doozy, whatever the case may be, mid mile The The,
2: diff, the difference is that um, I can't go and have a beer. I can't go, you know, um, you, you get to a stage where you get reclusive. You, you don't want to go out because you, you're scared you, you'll cheat. You... Um, you get what they call metabolic damage. So uh, just to explain it quickly, and, and women get this a uh, lot worse than men. Women bodybuilders specifically? Or, or uh, doing, doing fitness, uh, yeah. fitness bikinis. You know, if you've if you got uh, homeostasis and you swing the pendulum one way to lose weight, it's going to swing back double that way if, if you don't, what they call, taper out your diet. So what happens is a lot of, lot of people do their competition and straight away they go and binge. And you, you will, I've seen it, it's happened to me. I've competed on a Saturday. Tuesday, you would not know that I was on stage because I'm holding so much water. Um, I've got water retention. I've, um, <laughs> then the depression comes because of the water retention. So what we need to do is find a balance. That's, that's the key is balance. And, and I'm not knocking bodybuilding. There's yeah, some bodybuilders yeah. out there that can, that can hold it together all the time. I'm, I'm naturally put on weight very quickly if I eat carbs. So, so there's also that dark side. Um, my wife and I competed together, and I saw it in with, with women too. Uh, body dysmorphia, you know, they they're still a size eight, but she thinks she's fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it it's, appears
0: to me, uh, Dave, that there's a lot of psychological stuff going on there, over and above the uh, aesthetic appeals that might be there over and above all of the issues that seppa was talking about uh about his um i suppose mental development as a kid uh issues around uh all of those um what would you call them uh inhibition not inhibitions but uh, complexes if i can call them that um i i thought that was quite striking and I'm, i really would like to go into Perhaps a little bit of the dark side of the bodybuilding side of things. But Francois, you're listening to the two guys, and it appears to me that the training discipline that is represented by calisthenics, calisthenics?
3: Calisthenics, yeah.
0: Yep. Calisthenics, <laughs> right? Um, seems to be a more mature approach uh, versus. The I suppose older system, which is gym based, that is more about aesthetics, seems to be less mature. Am I am I saying the right things?
1: I don't. I wouldn't necessarily m- maturity. Um, it, uh, the two athletes, the two guys sitting next to me, if if they took their shirts off, they have a similar physique. One yeah. is a little bit more solid. You wouldn't be able to tell the functionality difference between them. Yeah, one's living a, a, um, a, a more of a wellness concept because Chip was decided to fulfill those specific. You know, the, that's what he wants to do out of it. Each of them train like beasts. The yeah, one doesn't. They train. They look like beasts. They I mean, both not of them look
0: like like solid, solid. I, I, let me try and give you a mental picture of what I'm looking at here. You're talking about two guys, and maybe we should take a picture. And uh, how do you do this tweet? What, what are you? Tweet, tweet, tweet it. Right, that thing. Um, but, I mean, you're looking at two guys that look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Conan the Barbarian, the first one. You know what I mean? This guy, these two guys are, like, seriously <laughs> solid.
1: So, yeah, yeah. They, so, the training of each of them is, is unique to their particular sport, but they, they both live the lifestyle. They, they, are, 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 they train exceptionally hard, consistently in the week, um, the training principle of a bodybuilder is very up-to-date. So they might be in a gym and it might require dumbbells and bars and the pulley system, but the theory is a very modern up-to-date theory of how to tear the muscle and build it up again. They're not using an antiquated system. Calisthenics or, and bodyweight training is is a, an older principle in, in essence, but but they applying it in the in a very modern way. So it's not more up to date. It's not more mature. It's two different disciplines, and each of them are very successful in their own right. But but I mean, Dave, if I understood you well, um, you're a bodybuilder yourself,
0: uh, and really you you you're very. Um, very forthright about the way that you speak about your sport, but you seem to be suggesting that it doesn't lend itself to the natural functionalities of the body. It doesn't lend itself, or the discipline doesn't lend itself to the, I suppose, natural functionalities of, of a human being's social life. You even talked about mm-hmm. reclusiveness at a certain place, at a certain point in your, in your discussion with me. Talk to me about that, and, and, yeah. and are you saying to me that, uh, you are encouraging people to go that route? Or, or
2: what are you actually saying? So what, what I'll say, will be is um, I've been reading up a lot now of Dr. Lane Norton, um, yeah. L-Y. Um, he, he's a doctor uh, who does natural bodybuilding. He's... Um, he believes that if you get your macronutrients right, you can still have a lifestyle and do bodybuilding. He brings in a lot of flexibility. Um, and, and one thing I just want to allude, what uh, Josh and them were talking about. I, I've, I know of a friend whose wife did spinning all her life, and she never lost weight. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not bumping uh, spinning, spinning, spinning yeah, now. Sure she didn't get she didn't she didn't get uh muscle so as soon as she started doing weights she changed her body because muscle is metabolic um you need you you need some type of resistance training which josh will, will will agree so um what i would what i would suggest for everyone is we have the internet you can really read up a lot now and when i started bodybuilding bodybuilding on the show with marco rossi was just bodybuilders the last show i did um there were three categories for bodybuilding. The rest were fitness models. Now, these guys that have the aesthetics—they—they're not big anymore. Some of them are still big, mm-hmm. like your Yaku de Raines and those guys. But they—they—they looking—they looking great now. They—it's more your board shorts, and it's away from this um, this too bigger look because it it does look unnatural sometimes. Um, so. The dark side, which I also want to talk about, was just there's a very lonely side to bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not a team sport. It's not a, um, I've watched Josh when he goes outside and that, and you go with your friends and you do all the the, the, the free weight stuff outside together. So that's another aspect of bodybuilding. It can be very lonely. All right, we're going to
0: take some calls straight off to the break, but please give us a call on 11 883 uh, as I speak to Teppo Khane to, uh, you're calling him Josh, eh?
2: That was his name. We All always right. used to call him Josh. Uh. All you you right. Josh. now learn something. <laughs>
0: Josh, uh, Francois, you're our fitness guru. And of course, uh, David Dunwoody, our bodybuilding enthusiast. But I really, I'm, I'm really loving the balanced way that you're approaching your, your very beloved sport, but you're also giving us a lot of uh, things to think about. Could I say, Francois, that this is actually a discussion around
1: aesthetics versus functionality? Um at an extreme probably. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. I mean for for David to 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 leg press five hundred Tepo could probably do it. For, for, for Tepo to do pistol squats, very few people could do that. So there is a function in what Tepo does and there's a function in what David does. It's just limited to, to different expressions of what you actually want to do with the body. So the average person would not be able to perform either function. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. again a discipline that is trained for ah, these in These are its super athletes, of Absolutely. course. Yeah, but, but, uh, give me a call, 11
0: 883 uh, And I would love to hear from you as to uh, as we continue with this conversation, uh, which way do you lean? Uh, If you are perhaps somebody who is a bodybuilder who has found that... uh Even in your bodybuilding discipline, you're beginning to incorporate other paradigms that are giving you a greater sense of functionality, a greater sense of flexibility, a greater sense of being a part of a community instead of the reclusiveness that uh, Dave has just been speaking about. And of course, the issues around the more functional training. Are you finding that it is true that you are finding that you are a more complete, total holistic individual in the way that you train, I'd love to take your calls on 11 883 when we come back. 02. Call us
4: on 11
0: All right, uh, it's 20 minutes to uh, midnight, and my guest, uh, Franco Yodan, our very own resident uh, fitness guru and fitness professional, uh, but David Dunwoody uh, is a bodybuilding enthusiast, and we're talking about bodybuilding, and some of the pros and cons in that regiment, or that that discipline of training, and of course, uh, Tsepo Khaneng, a calisthenics, calisthenics,
3: calisthenics. Enthusiast, you yes. guys. I, I, um, I please, help. may I con- uh, correct you before yeah? my girlfriend kills me? It's Sepokhame. Khame. Not even my mother. My girlfriend. Yeah, right. She's she's worried about uh, what's <laughs> going to happen with the surname. <laughs> eh? She's <laughs> messaging me, saying, "Please correct him."
0: All right. Uh, sorry, uh, Mrs. Future Miss Khame. khame. Uh, by the way lots of uh, tweets coming through at 702 aubrey hashtag uh, late night talk uh mangi chikoma says tweet the pictures please uh alina Mutang please tw- tweet the pi- okay we'll, we'll send the pictures <laughs> guys you have to eh? relax eh? <laughs> all right uh, uh, but uh, a lot of people asking mr given Kunika says can i build my body by gym and diet only without using a supplement Without and I suppose, and suppose that's the whole discussion around nutrition that is coming uh, into play. But let's take a few calls uh, as uh, the pictures are being taken. <laughs> Simon and Bryanston, how's it, man? How's it?
4: I hope you're doing well. Yeah, we will um, well, uh, thanks. I, yeah. um, I called uh, just a uh, uh, thing because um, <laughs> you were saying that it, uh, asking, I don't know if it was you or, or your guest that said that maybe it's a discussion on functionality and aesthetics. I think uh, that's a very uh, narrow uh, way of looking at it. Very narrow view. Yeah. Uh, because uh, all sports uh, uh, attract different kinds of people. Yeah. Uh, depending on the area you're in uh, a certain group of people, certain thinking, um, uh, certain thinking uh, gets involved. Uh, say, for example, if you are in. Uh, 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 the Cape Town area versus the the Joburg area. Yeah. Um, you get different kinds of people that would be frequenting gyms, uh, different kinds of attitudes. Sure. And different kinds of gyms, you see, from private versus the big chain. Uh, I myself started uh, calisthenics uh, because I couldn't be bothered with uh, gym membership, and it was also becoming a nonsense. There was too poor. Traffic was ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, it's cheap equipment uh, at the end of the day to to... to uh to do that at your own at your own home yeah um you know but it, it depends on the the indivi- uh, uh on the individuals and the groups i can't be bothered going there and uh, uh flexing myself uh, flexing muscles <laughs> there at the gym but most bodybuilders, the, the professionals don't even do that actually they will be more than happy to help you out and be uh, nice about it but it's all all these other poses so to speak that they will you know they'll make your time at the gym a, a nasty ride. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when you're talking to those guys, you're talking to uh, people that are serious about their lives and their professional and what have you, uh, it's just a certain image gets played out. Um, you know, uh, they get pushed out out there that uh, sullies the rest uh, of the individual. Sometimes, to be said, it's the majority that... That you know that are the bad apples, and it's only the few people yep, that are yep, actually good yep, apples. Yep. But uh, you know, what I mean, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I think I get
0: what life. you what you what you're saying, Simon. And you're right to, to, to sort of um, uh, try to balance the conversation out. But uh, let me also say that the idea is also to incorporate the the thinking of saying that over and above being fit, we are also okay. wanting to have a discussion around being well um and that is why we are talking about the different systems of training and Uh, And I suppose uh, reaching a certain level of wellness, uh, we understand that we we also have to delve into some of the psychological sort of issues, as you probably heard with Tepo saying that uh, the reason why he went into bodybuilding and weightlifting in the beginning uh, had to do with a lot of psychological issues that he had to uh, ultimately get over. But I think you you really raise a great point there, Simon, and, and thanks very much for the call. Uh thank you,
4: but you, you you touched on a really good point about being well. I for myself, uh I want I don't want to tinge to this whole show into heavy duty philosophy, but uh, wellness, uh what true wellness or true strength, it flows, you know, from within, yep. being honest, yep. being yep. courageous, absolutely being true. Uh, Wa-
0: walking the view. talk as it were. Simon, I'm thank gonna you let you I'm gonna much. let you go. Thanks very much for the call. Johan Infanabale Park. Hi. James, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, man. How's it? Good good man
5: i just want to confirm uh, is it true that all bodybuilders are dumb no, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a couple of uh, or, uh first regarding the uh, your lifestyle becoming reclusive or your personality you know what i experienced it's uh, i experienced uh, not necessarily that but it's just a case of when you wake up four o'clock to the train at five o'clock uh, your day ends earlier and uh, and uh, if i were to compare my lifestyle currently uh, which I'm not. I'm not training at the moment. Yeah. The the I was a lot more happier having the earlier nights and the earlier mornings. Uh, but uh, long and the long and short, I lost a lot of weight. Uh, and now I want to, but uh, uh, because of work stress, I haven't been able or work load rather and stress, I haven't been able to train. But I've lost uh, even more weight. Now I need to bulk up again, uh, gentlemen. The best thing to eat to uh, uh, become uh, better looking, please uh, advise.
0: me. All right, Johan, are you a bodybuilder yourself?
5: No, not at all. All right, I just I just look good when I train very very hard for very very long. Uh, oh, and that's uh, that's another thing. Um, these, lastly, sorry, man. The uh, the what's the what is the facts of the matter? Short, uh, intense training sessions, or little, let's say an hour and a half, to two hours, uh, and not that intense.
0: Johan, thanks very much. Please listen on the radio for the no, answers you to your much. question. Uh, Tempo, we were talking off air, and uh, I believe that you have started running as part of your uh, regimen, as part of your uh, discipline. How's that working for your muscles? How's it working for the size of your mm-hmm. muscles? How's that working for your functionality, and all of the things that we've been talking about
3: at the moment. Um, so, yeah, so I'm training for the Soweto Marathon, the half uh, marathon, which is 21.1 Ks. Um, but running is something that I like to do because I don't like it. Um, huh? it. It's very confusing. So I I got to a point in my training where it became, where I actually hit a plateau, where I was not very happy and I wasn't doing much and getting much benefit from or perceived benefit from what I was doing. So what I usually do is I start running and that generally resets my mindset. And I, I think about what is important to me and why am I still doing this? Why am I training? So it's just about remembering your why and just sticking with it. It appears that the way that you approach your whole fitness
0: discipline has a lot to do with a lot of thinking that is centered in the big why. Uh, is that what informs calisthenics, Francois? That that kind of that, that kind of training, the more functional,
1: is it is it connected to the philosophies as Simon was saying? I think so, absolutely. Yeah? I think there's there's an awareness in what you're doing when you're training. Uh, We all have specific goals and and want to achieve different things by exercising, uh, either aesthetically or functionally. Those are the extremes. People in the average in the middle would just like to feel good about exercise, feel good about moving their body. Um, the motivation to do something is the question, why? Why am I doing it? What am I putting this effort in for? See, because because uh, the things that Tepo keeps talking
0: about are very existential. He talks philosophy, why? I'm thinking about myself and I'm walking, the talk all those deep things. And uh, it appears from what we've been talking about with Dave that those kinds of Deeper questions don't seem to feature much in the traditional bodybuilding disciplines. And I was listening to, to, to Johan and the questions that he was asking. It was really about looking good. How many times do I do reps? Uh, I mean, you would have heard his question around uh, what is the better way to train? Uh, and I'm not hearing that. Deeper why stuff, the deep, uh, esthi- I mean, uh, f- existential philosophical yeah, yeah. stuff. Is it there or is it just a matter of that it hasn't come out in our discussion?
2: Um, well, I think there, there are a lot of bodybuilders that, that, that do think deep and they do think about the fitness side too. Um, bodybuilding does have a bad rep as your or, 100 or your, sorry, your quarter before. Yeah, was even your, in his Simon. joke, yeah?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, oh, okay, yeah,
2: Simon, Yeah, and yeah. Simon. um there, There is a vanity to it, um, but, you know, I always say if you're ready vain, you probably will still be ready yeah, a bodybuilder. Sure. But if you're a down-to-earth guy, you will still be down-to-earth.
0: And and most guys that really put in the work, I suppose, become humbled by that process, eh?
2: You do. Um, so this this year I actually had a new coach, um, Curtis Howells, and uh, what I learned from him was he just brings positive values to to bodybuilding. um, He'll help you, he'll help anyone. And the whole thing that he wants to try and change is when you're in the gym there, um, just engage everyone. Um, There is nothing more satisfying than having a good workout. So as Johan was asking, you know, what what is a good workout? And, And what I've learned now is never have the same workout. So, with With my my training regimen now i've got five different um, uh, models which every day i'll use a different one so in one month I'll never have the same the same um, routine, so your body doesn't get uh, lazy uh, we change angles we change weights sometimes i'll be doing thirty reps, sometimes I'll be doing four you know so you want to change that um, and then just going on to the diet which which I yeah, really That's f- coming up quite oh, strongly oh, is, Supplements. yeah, yeah? Do you know there's, there's there's a a website called know your know your macros um and how it works is very simple you you if you want to lose weight you need to be in a negative uh deficit if you want to gain weight you need to be in a positive positive. and how they do it is they'll work out your protein and they'll work out your fat uh calorie wise what's left is your carbohydrates and uh i would i recommend to everyone go and read that so you can start cuz remember nothing there is no One size fits all. Yeah. So, Johan, I could tell you right now, eat two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, but that might not be what you need. So, it's all about trying something and you will see the results and then you start playing around and eventually you'll know exactly exactly what fits you.
0: Yeah, yeah. It came out quite strongly in what Simon had to say that uh, ultimately uh, we shouldn't have a conversation that is about a one size fits all approach. Uh, that everything is subjective, that everything is uh, has got to be customized to the individual. Uh, and sometimes the conversation can sound like uh, we are boxing and categorizing people in a way that might be unfair. Uh, what, 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 what are your comments as far as that is concerned?
1: I think in, in my personal capacity as a trainer um, and coach, it is very specific to the individual um it's it's not so easy to have a discussion within an hour and, and get all aspects of, of this whole kind of uh, idea uh, mentioned um I'm, I'm aware of that that clients want to lose weight want to change their bodies and and whatever those reasons are for coming to see me um and it changes, there, there isn't, there's, there's correct, there isn't one uh, model I can use for every person I meet. It's uh, your allergies, it's your heart, it's your weight, it's your attitude, it's, it's your goals. It's, there are so many variables to take into account that, that those need to be considered and assessed before you actually come to a conclusion about what you're going to do with someone.
0: Somebody asks, uh, what are the benefits of spinning? I love it, but I haven't lost weight
1: in a year. I want to start weightlifting. Uh, what would you advise this particular person? Um, Spinning is not necessarily a weight loss function. Um, Your heart rate is is elevated naturally above um, 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 anaerobic, which is above 80% of maximum heart rate. You will consume a lot of blood sugar um, and fat loss generally occurred at a lower heart rate for an extended period of time. So I would change the training principle. Um, Again, if you haven't lost weight within, uh, from a personal point of view, again, as a trainer and coach, if you haven't lost weight within 46 weeks, um, that discipline doesn't work for you. You should change it. In uh, resistance training, um, like both gentlemen next to me, perform on their own specific discipline is a is a very good way to to, to provide that. Dave, w- you spoke about
0: being involved in some sort of martial arts. Uh, what what, what, did, I, I,
2: what I did uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? Fat uh, yeah. yeah.
0: So so so, are you finding that that is bringing a greater level of functionality, flexibility to uh, the way that your body functions over and above uh, what you look for when you do bodybuilding?
2: I tell you, I got injured so badly. Uh, I broke a rib, a tore ankle, um, that shoulder. That's from the guys
0: thundering you a little well, bit. Well,
2: that's just because you so um, you got no range of motion. Um, my my uh, coach then um, couldn't even get my arm behind my back because if he did that, he would have broken it. You know, or he would have torn something in my delt. Is that what they mean when they talk about being muscle bound? When you're muscle bound, you don't have range of motion. So um, I can't do this. I can't put my hands behind my and touch my hands. You know. So those are the things. Um, that now as I'm getting older, I'm 94 kilos now. I want to get back down to around about 83 kilos. And then I'll start doing, well, I'm going to start the flexibility now. Um, I was doing box jumps before. I was um, pull up some terrible, sit up some, uh, push up some great. Um, but there's one thing I want to just tell your listeners. And this is something which I've told all, all my friends and it, it sort of makes an eureka uh, moment. In, in one kilogram of fat there's 7,700 stored calories. So if you're going to spin and you're burning 500 calories in your spinning class, and then you go and eat 500 calories yeah. above your… It the whole purpose, you, You're balancing out. Yeah. So yeah. people don't get that concept because I think when they're at the gym, they're burning. But you've got to look at calorie consumption. Um, this year alone, I've, I've, I've burned 160,000 calories. I keep a, my, there's my watch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I know what I'm burning and I know what I'm consuming. So as I get closer and closer to a competition, I can tell you right now, if I'm burning, Uh, 0.5% of body fat so every week we used to measure
0: Dave I want to thank you very much for coming through thank you so much Aubrey Temple thank you very much for coming through awesome much appreciated and uh, Francia I really appreciate you coming through and it's always uh, having these uh, conversations you're welcome